Welcome to Manager Tools. Today's topic, how to assign work tasks, part two. Here we go. So step one was, will you please? And now let's get to step two, which is hopefully the easy part, right. which is stating the actual task. Yeah, this is the do X part of asking. Would you please do X? Would you please review everybody's budget calculations? Would you please double check the sales figures? Would you please run the staff meeting? Okay. And now look, I know some of you are listening to those and you can immediately almost add to every one of those for me as in, would you please do X for me? Would you please review everybody's budget calculations for me? Would you please double check the sales figures for me? Would you please run the staff meeting for me? Okay. Somehow, it feels sort of natural when we ask, because the asking is a relationship move, that somehow then people pollute it by saying, for me. The asking makes it a favor. And then you have to sweeten it with this relationship bit of saying, for me. But the relationship part of the behavior isn't the asking so much as it is you not having to demand. And so hopefully when you hear these examples, you realize leaving it off still works and it works just fine. So in other words, would you please review everybody, everybody's budget calculations? Would you please double check the sales figures? Would you please run the staff meeting? All those are fine as is. And then people want to add that for me, thinking that it makes it better, when in fact it makes it doubly worse. Yeah. So at this point, let me, let me ask you a question because I think we need to clarify something. I think... In many listeners' minds, there's going to be some confusion about delegation versus mm. assigning tasks. And I knew we started talking right? about responsibilities, right. right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We've shared lots of guidance about delegating. And frankly, so much so that I think many of you who are listeners have come to believe that all work which passes through a manager is by, de- de- by definition delegated down from the manager to everybody else, right? Um, that every every work task that goes through is a delegation. That's to go through de- delegation model, and that's not true. Yeah, no, no, yeah, yeah. We, we didn't mean that to come out that way over the years. We never intended that. We totally can see that in the lack of the guidance that we're giving you now in this cast about how to assign work. That there's a best way to do it. We can understand why you would draw the conclusion that well, all they talk about is delegating. So if I have work to do that, I'm passing through to me. Then therefore, it's a delegation. So we understand that, and and we didn't mean for you to draw that conclusion, and so we need to address that. First of all, whenever you assign a task or you delegate something, responsibility for that work both passes to the direct and stays with you, the assigning or delegating manager. I'm still responsible after giving it away? They said yes. Yeah, I had a guy once said, I want to be CEO. I want to be free of responsibilities. No. Literally, literally, it's like, oh my God, you're a black hole of idiocy that you would think that (laughs) one job, the one job which encompasses all responsibilities in every way, shape, or form for the entire organization. And you think it has none. That's bad. When you're a black yeah. hole, yeah. everything idiotic yeah. comes to you and sticks yeah. to you and, and doesn't you. escape yeah. your With orbit. infinite gravity. Yes. <laughs> you're a black hole of idiocy, right? Okay. It's not a good thing to be called. I yeah. Look, I got to tell you, I, st- I, I do think, though, it's a huge misunderstanding for many managers and their directs. The idea that if you are delegated to, then you have responsibility and the manager then doesn't have that responsibility. But look, folks, most of you know this, Mike and I's background in the military, and this is true in all organizations that we know of, a commander is responsible for everything his unit does or fails to do. 
The civilian equivalent of that commander is the CEO. He or she is responsible for everything. All good, all bad, that top person is responsible. This is true also for everything that's happening in each individual manager's area as well. If your direct is responsible for doing something, Mrs. Manager, then you are also fully responsible for it being done. Delegating and assigning work does not eliminate your responsibility for the outcome. Actually, responsibility is only increased by it being shared by more people when work is assigned or delegated. Some people think it decreases because the responsibility passes down a level and responsibilities at lower level are smaller. Not true. It stays with the manager and it gets added to the direct, yeah? Now, look, we think, if you had to ask us, we would say that the wrong idea that people have about responsibility comes from people who feel that if they're doing something, they ought to be able to be responsible for it. And the fact is, we agree with that. But what happens is, I think this they say that, I ought to be able to be responsible for it. They're responding to the overstated threat of micromanaging in the world, where some stupid manager would suggest or imply that when they assign or delegate work, they are responsible for it being done and not the direct who's actually doing it. And this is false, it's arrogant, it's stupid, and it's pernicious, and people are doing it all over the world. It's still rare, the, that, that kind of micromanagement, but there are managers who threaten their people, who demean their people by saying, this is my responsibility, and you're going to do it. You can't have responsibility for it. I don't trust you with it, but I don't have any other thing to do, so I've got to give it to you. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody listening to this cast. Yeah, exactly. Surely. <laughs> really? I actually hope so. If you're that manager, I hope you're listening because we're talking to you and we want you to change. And we also want the team next year so we can, <laughs> so we can get out, so we yeah, can okay. outperform you, right? Okay. But I see your point. We have smart listeners. We hope they're not thinking that way. Yeah, I was trying to be gracious. Yeah, I, I, yeah, sorry. I was trying to be honest. Try to take yeah, it away. I know. Okay. Some, please, somebody send me an email and tell me I was mean. No, um, don't do it. I, I'll take care of it. Yeah, I, got, yeah. I got it, folks. <laughs> I got your back. Yeah. And look, if that's happened even once to you, that you've been micromanaged in that way, you know what it feels like. You're sensitized to it. And we're sorry for that. And if you think that way as a manager, you're wrong. And you've got to move past the idea that when you assign work, you keep the responsibility, but somebody else has to do the work for you. When somebody is doing the work, they're responsible for that work. And you as their manager are responsible for the work getting done as well. Yeah. I think there's also a misunderstanding about the difference between doing something and being responsible for it, right? I mean, you'd think it'd be pretty clear by now, right? Right. But just in case, folks, just because you're you're the one doing something doesn't mean you're the only one responsible. Responsibility certainly is associated with a task. It always, always is, is yeah. right? But it's not kept wholly with the task to the exclusion of others' responsibilities. Responsibility and activity are two completely different things. Yeah. We mentioned before, when you assign or delegate, you give to your direct the doing of the task, and the responsibility for it being done, you may lose the doing of it, but you as a manager, still, you don't lose the responsibility. Exactly. Now, how does that relate to our discussions here about the difference between delegating something and assigning work? For some reason, a lot of professionals believe that the difference between the two has something to do with how responsibility is handled. In other words, if I delegate, you get responsibility. If I assign a task, you don't get responsibility. Mm, And that is false, folks. That's totally false. Delegating and assigning are no difference. There's no difference in responsibility or lack of responsibility uh, in either delegating or assigning work. Whether you're assigning the work or delegating it, you both keep the responsibility and assign the responsibility. You don't have to action the task, but you're still responsible. So... 
That's not the difference between <laughs> right. between delegating. You know where I'm going to go. Yeah, so what sorry. is the yeah, difference? Yeah, there is a difference. No, no actually, we <laughs> made this up. Yeah. yeah. What is it? There are three general discriminators that will help us know whether we ought to assign something or whether we ought to delegate something. There are general guidelines because there are all kinds of subtle situations where people would say, no, that seems to contradict them. But they'll serve 90% of you who are listening 90% of the time, and that's really all you need. The first one is, if the task you're assigning or potentially delegating is part of their job, in other words, Mike's my boss, part of my job is doing budget calculations, and he's going to give me some budget calculations to do, and he's trying to decide, should I assign or delegate it? Then because it's part of my job, you would assign that task to me, right. not delegate it to me. So, an example, if you manage programmers, right, right, and you're responsible for creating the use cases and creating the simple architecture, right, and, and they got, write and these programmers write code, yeah, and they write ninety, yeah, ninety five percent of the code. There's some manager you maybe yeah, write a little, yeah, bit, a little code, bit, but ninety five percent of the time they're, they're writing they're the, the, ones code. the code. You don't delegate the code writing to right. Them. It's part of the that's what they do. That's they're what a they programmer, do. and so right? you're simply assigning it. You're Even assigning if, work. It comes from marketing. It comes from sales. It comes from anybody. Right. Something comes through. It ends up needing code. Somebody says, "I need some code written." Just because it comes to you from your boss or somebody else doesn't matter. Right. Simply because it's going through you, you don't have to delegate that. It's their right. job to do it. It's not something you would normally do. And so, yeah, you would actually yeah. assign that. Yeah, you don't have to go through the entire clarity, the extra clarity of delegating something if what you're going to assign or delegate is part of your direct job. And this is true even if it's a task that is recurring or lasting for some period mm -hmm. of time. Sometimes we say we delegate things that last a while, but we don't want to confuse you. You delegate things that last a while that are presently your responsibility, right? right? But you don't delegate things that are already your direct's primary yeah, responsibilities. I, I don't think of delegating tasks. I think of delegating responsibilities. Okay, it, yeah, it, I think you're, my, confusing people. you're totally confusing people, though. Oh, yeah. Okay, because look, remember, okay, delegating, right? What do we delegate? Responsibility goes with the task, okay? It's attached to the task. In fact, you can't delegate responsibility without a task. Are you going to make me mm. responsible for something you don't give me to do? I yeah. see your point. Well, yeah. I think maybe what you're getting at is that responsibility is bigger. Yeah, that, yeah. that's my point. But yeah, well, but but but, all, but yeah. if you ask me to do a task, am I not responsible for it? Even if it's Cer a small task? Yeah, certainly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So so again, going back, our first rule: if the task that you're trying to decide. If the thing you're assigning or delegating is part of your direct normal job, like in your example, writing code for a right. programmer, as opposed to the manager who does use cases and architectures and so on, you don't delegate something that's normally a part of their job. You simply assign it. Even if it's long-lasting, even if it's going to take six months, you assign that work. That's just an assignment, right. and it follows this guidance about simply saying, would you please? So, those of you managers... But let me make a point, because we haven't said it yet, and... If you're new to manager tools, this might be confusing. We're assuming in this conversation that you're aware that we have a delegation model. Mm. And it has several more steps. It's a little bit more involved. It might take a few more minutes. And so we do have a delegation model. So when we talk about whether you assign it, we're talking about the model we're talking about today. But the delegation model is something different and a little bit more encompassing. So yeah. just make sure people aren't confused about that. Yeah, the, it takes a little bit more. We go in a little bit more detail up front. We, we ask them, uh, our delegation model includes asking and then and then talking about follow-up processes and dele uh, deadlines quality and quality and, and reporting and all that stuff. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So those of you managers who do a lot of passing tasks through yourself, 
For instance, if you manage scientists and all the research requests in your company's com- company comes through you, uh, you're not delegating all of those research requests. You're assigning those. The same is true for you folks who, del- who, who manage help desks. You don't have to delegate everything that gets routed through you. You just assign it because you're not a help desk person. You're the help desk manager. It comes to you because you're the manager. Somebody wants you to assign it to the most available or the smartest or the best person in this particular area, and you assign it. You don't go through the extra criteria of delegating. Okay. So you said there's three general discriminators. That was the first. First, right. Okay. And the the second is? The second one is short-term tasks or... One-time actions, in other words, non-recurring actions, even if they're a part of your job, like making a phone call for someone, checking on the status of something, something delivering something, do, something I would normally do, well, yeah, a short-term task, something I would do, or a one-time task, they're assigned and not delegated, mm-hmm. Okay even if you would do it, but not always. There are short-term things that my directs would normally do, and I would assign that. But if it is something I would do that's part of my job, and maybe it doesn't make any sense to break it into a separate delegation and so on, if it's something I would do, but it's short-term or it's a one-time thing, it's not recurring, it's not lasting, it'll take some short period of time, then we assign that. We don't go mm-hmm. through the extra process of delegating. Okay. If you want a direct to attend a meeting for you because you can't make it, you assign them that responsibility and hopefully you also assign them reporting back to you about what happened in the meeting, which we'll that, talk about in a little bit. Smart. If you decide they'll go to all future instances of a particular recurring meeting, that is a delegation. Because in that case, you're delegating the responsibility you have to go to that meeting in the future. Okay. If you want someone to make a call or send an email or prepare a report, that's an assignment even if it's not one instance of a recurring nature. In other words, you wouldn't delegate attending a meeting because it's a one-time meeting. You would go ahead and assign that responsibility. If you want one of your directs to do something that lasts less than a day as a general guideline, that's going to be an assignment and not a delegation. Okay. So that was the the second of the three discriminators. What about the third? If something you're trying to decide between task, between task assignment or task delegation, if it's part of your job and it's not short-term, now you delegate it. Now, it's basically the obverse of our first guiding principle. If it's clear that something is a part of your job, asking a direct to do it generally requires a delegation, unless it's short-term, unless it's a one-time kind of thing, okay. so for less example, than a day. For example, if I, so if I was a manager, I had a bunch of programmers working for me, and I was generally responsible for the architecture of the solution, right? That's one of my responsibilities. If I needed somebody to take over that responsibility for just a single project or a single instance, but I was going to continue doing it in the future, right? I would assign architecture. Though you feel like you could assign architecture that would last less than a day, it might be, it might be a week or so, but it's not recurring. You wouldn't be doing it forever, It'd right? Be, like we need to develop an architecture for this small module, little, this small yeah. little module, right? It's going to take you three or four days. It's a one-time thing. I can't do it because I have to go to some off-site meeting. I'm going yeah. si- to sign that. Yeah. No, you're actually in a gray area because, okay. yeah, that's part of your job, okay? But it's not short-term. It's not less than a day, okay. right? Short-term being less than a day. Okay. Yeah, short-term okay. is a rough idea of less than a day. Could you Ooh. assign that one? Yeah, because it's still a one-time thing, and you're not thinking they're going to continue on with that architecture in the future. Yeah, that's they're not going to keep holding on to it. It's yeah. going to be done in a short term. But I'm trying to give somebody a rough idea of what short term is, and a day is a good general rule. 
Could you, if you were very knowledgeable about this sort of stuff, say three days is okay and I'm going to give it to Robert and he's really good, he'll handle it, then it'd be fine. I would okay. say, okay, go ahead and assign it. For a lot of people listening, though, if you get to three or four days, it's probably a, a, delegation. a delegation. It's close okay. to a delegation. If it goes to okay. a week, yeah, you probably want to delegate. Okay. Yeah. Now, it's one of my responsibilities. Architecture is one of my responsibilities. Now, if I decide that Joe, who's really, really good, I'm developing him, I want right. him to be a manager maybe perhaps in the future, I want him to do architecture for everything from now on. Well, now, right. that's my responsibility. Now, I'm delegating it to him, right? That's because that's a long... Yeah, well, you probably... Time. If your job is only developing use cases in architecture and managing people, you probably wouldn't assign all architecture right. to him all the time. That'd be yeah, one of the... I got other but, things going But on. if you got eight major projects that require architecture, could you delegate the architecture of one of those projects to him? Absolutely. And that would be a delegation, particularly if it lasted three months or six months okay. or something like that. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. And so what I did was... I know you're going to laugh at this. I created a oh, chart. Yes. And for those of you who are in premium content, you'll love this chart. It's a two by two matrix. On the top, there are two columns, which are whether the, the, the thing you want to give away is your part of your job or part of their job. And then there are two rows. One is, is this thing short term, sort of non-recurring, or is it longer term or is it a recurring activity? And if it's short term or non-recurring, whether it's your job or their job, you assign it. If it's long term, you delegate if it's your job. And if it's long-term, but it's their job, you assign it. So out of the four possible answers, three of them are assigned, and only one is delegate. If it's short-term, whether it's their or your job, that's two of the, the uh, assigns. And if it's long-term and it's your job, you delegate. Otherwise, if it's their job, you assign it. Excellent. And that was probably hard to understand, and I apologize. It's hard to describe a two-by-two two matrix verbally. Okay. So step one was ask. Yeah. Step two, state the task. Whatever it is. And number three, and this is the one. It just occurred to me. I'm sorry to interrupt. It just occurred to me. This whole thing about assigning versus delegating, totally a bonus of this cast. Yeah? Yeah. It's totally a bonus. There you go. There's your bonus for the year, guys. <laughs> sorry. No more for you. Yeah. <laughs> no more soup for you. So, okay. So, the next one is step number three is probably the thing that trips up. A lot of inexperienced managers. Yeah, right? the, yeah. It's the stating of the deadline. Yeah, and too many, too many young managers. I say young. I apologize. Inexperienced managers totally blow this. It's a top five major blowout. Now, look, there are all kinds of reasons people tell us for this. Two of which are particularly noteworthy to us. One is I didn't think I needed to. When I assign work, I'm implying that it needs to be done as soon as possible or immediately. Okay, just love it. Come on, really preposterous. I like that. Yeah. In fact, we should we should make that one of the answers that we encourage directs to give in career tools. There should be three answers for a delegation or assignment: yes, no, and preposterous. <laughs> okay. Look, if in fact you think that, it's amazing. It, it really is. Stunning that you would think that, but the young manager who does that soon recognizes that all work essentially comes through the boss, yeah? And if everything is urgent, folks, if you're always making everything urgent, because that's what immediate needing and immediate attention does, is then nothing really is urgent, relatively speaking. And of course, relatively speaking is the only way to talk intelligently about urgency. Further, Urgency and importance are two entirely different concepts. 
Too many managers mistakenly equate urgency with importance. In fact, Stephen, right. Covey, Stephen Covey, Mike Swenson would love this, right? Yep. He talks about urgent and important versus important versus. Yeah, it's a brilliant. If you, if, folks, if you've not read Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, there are so many wonderful gems in there. And if you come to a conference and Mike Swinson is at your conference or he's presenting one of the conferences that you're at, spend a minute talking to him about Covey because he's brilliant about Covey. He presented it for years and uh, he'll talk to you about urgent and important. And I think it's quadrant two, I think, is the one that's nirvana, where you want to be urgent or important and not urgent, right? And um, Swinson's a lot smarter about it than I am. But look, if you start equating them together, you end up getting more and more failures. If you start equating urgency and importance together, you start getting into real trouble later in your career. When you're an executive, urgency begins to lose its luster. Yes, we still want to compete on speed, but you're going to be making bigger decisions and things that take longer. And if you haven't learned how to think about both urgency and importance, it's too late as a young executive to learn how to distinguish the relative importance of two things, and you end up falling back on urgency, which is not that big a deal as executives. You make the wrong choice about importance, and you're not failing a lot. What about the idea that you're giving your directs a little bit more leeway? Oh, more preposterous. Can I to say preposterous own? now? You started it. Preposterous, right? I know. I, it, this is what the, the, people say this all the time, right? Um, everyone understands that all work has a time function associated with it, right? The idea that a manager doesn't get a deadline because I want you to go ahead and choose is preposterous. It's preposterous, in fact. Yeah, that's a great word. Um, stating a deadline, folks, is not taking away responsibility for prioritizing from your directs. It is simply being clear in our communication of the totality of their responsibility that they're accepting. Look, the best way to illustrate this is to think of a t- assigning a task not assigning a deadline because we're being understanding of our directs. Here. There you go. And then going to your direct and asking why the task isn't done when you need it. And they say to you, well, it's not done because I didn't know you needed it now. And what does the manager say then? Oh, I thought I told you. No, you didn't tell me. Well, you should have known. I guess that's why I'm not a manager. I'm just a direct. I guess I'm not as smart as you. And now the direct feels bad. The manager doesn't have what he wants. It's like buying the winning lottery ticket. Knowing you have the winning lottery ticket in your hand and then going to the, the fireplace and burning it on purpose, right? It's like, it's the worst possible outcome. So the other thing that comes up a lot when people are talking about why they don't give deadlines is they might not be able to meet what you request, right? Well, what if my direct can't meet my deadline? But look, this is part of making the assignment an ask. That's why we do, we ask rather than demand. The asking, as opposed to demanding, gives most of your directs who hear it a greater feeling that they have some leeway, or this might be willing to, you might be willing to hear, have a brief conversation with them. So if your deadline is somehow oppressive to them, they will be more willing to argue for or suggest a different timing than the one you suggest. Look, compare these two approaches. Would you please find out the status of everyone's budget proposals by 2 p.m. and let me know? Or compare that with find out the status of everyone's budget proposals by 2 p.m. and let me know. Which of these, the asking or the telling, is likely to create a willingness to discuss on the part of the direct the factors that might cause the direct to not be able to finish the task on time? And the answer is the one that's a question, right? Yeah. Well, if you ask me at 12 o'clock, 
And you say you need it by by two p.m. Well, I don't say I need it by two. I say if well, you're, you're asking me, right? I'm, I I'm just telling you, I'm, yeah. I was starting with the bad one. Oh, okay. So in other words, I'm not asking you. You're saying you're I'm demanding. You're telling me, and I got a meeting between twelve and two p.m. You tell me, I say, okay, great. You're, yeah. not, you're not getting it at two p.m. Yeah, and and I don't feel particularly obliged to tell you yeah. how you're just being an idiot. If yeah. you ask now, if you ask me, would you please find out the status of everyone's budget by two p.m.? Hey, boss, I'm in a meeting for the next two hours. Can I have it to you by three? I can't get it done by two. Yeah, yeah. And you'd probably go. Okay, fine. Three yeah, o'clock. or or if the boss says he's got to have it by 2 o'clock, you say, okay, no, let me let you out of this one. I'll go find somebody else who can do it for me because I'm in a meeting too. Oh, gosh, we're in the same meeting. I'll find somebody else who's not going to that meeting to do this for me. Yeah, yeah. great. If you do need it by 2, at least you know you have to go find somebody else to yeah. do it. But if 3 or, is acceptable, at least you know you're going to get it by 3 and you're more likely to get it yeah. by 3. Yeah, and then there's somebody out there sitting and goes, okay, sitting and listening and says, okay, but wait a minute. What if I ask that person and they're busy in a meeting? I ask somebody else, they're in a busy meeting. Now I've wasted 10 minutes and I go through everybody. I can't do it between 12 and 2 and none of my directs can do it between 12 and 2. Okay. Okay. Easy. A meteor go, could hit the earth tomorrow. Yeah. We could all die. Too. Yeah. <laughs> you go, well, yeah, first of all, the chances of it happening are meteorot meteorotic right meteorotic. it's preposterous <laughs> this will always be the preposterous guy but look the fact is that probably won't happen even if it does when you get done then you say geez everybody's busy maybe i can go back to the boss and i say to him i don't think i can get it to you by two and he says okay four is probably fine i can yeah. deal with four you're like oh okay and now you're gonna do it because you didn't want to give it up to begin with but you had to because of this 12 or two meeting on the other hand all that has totally changed when you go to the first person and say, give me this information by 2 p.m. And they go, okay. Right. No discussion. They're not going to tell you they're in a meeting from 12 to 2. Some of them might, but 40% of them won't. And now you've left the, your boss believing you're going to have it by 2. And at 2 o'clock, you go to your direct. It's not done. You can't tell your boss, well, I gave it to Joe, but Joe didn't do it, right? You're not going to throw Joe under the bus. Please, folks, don't throw your directs under, your bus, under the bus to your boss. Let's not do that. The scientific term for this in management circles for management consultants is your host. <laughs> yeah, your host. Yeah, yeah. So look, now folks, remember, Mike alluded to this a little bit ago with the way he said it. We're not recommending that you ask about the task and then state the deadline. That makes that deadline less negotiable. We're saying, would you please, please find out the status of everybody's budget by 2 p.m. and let me know, Okay. That is the deadline included in the question. We don't say, would you please find out the status of everyone's budget? I need it by two. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's a demand. I need it by two as opposed to a question. You're being half asking and half telling. I mean, it's a, it's a step in the right direction. You know, you're being. I'm not. You are. When you say, would you please find out the status of everyone's budget? I need it by two. Then you're saying it's a yeah. half ask. Yeah. yeah. That's kind of, I like that phrase. Half, half ask. ask. Yeah, yeah that, nice. That, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, a couple say, levels. That, say that carefully, William. Okay, but look, folks, be smart. Yes, we're willing to listen to a different, different deadline from our directs if we're assigning a task, if we're smart. We're willing to be a little bit flexible. We have a manager tools rule. Never ask a question of a direct whose answer you don't intend to honor. At the same time, we don't have to acquiesce. We could easily pause to them and say, sorry, but 4 p.m. isn't really possible in this situation. I could ask someone else, or would you be willing to rework what you're working on today to still be able to get this to me by 2 p.m.? Again, it's still a question, and I've given them an out. I can ask somebody else. Okay? Yeah. I love that. The ability to ask somebody, them say no, to, you honor that, but also say, okay, I'm sorry you could do it, but could you do it right. differently? Or could you 
change this or yeah. what could I do to make this easier for you, right? Yeah. I mean, and it takes an extra 30 seconds though. And I don't know anybody who's listening has an extra 30 seconds. Oh, okay. Forget that. It, yeah, yeah, forget, forget, forget that. Idea. <laughs> okay. Now, point four, the one that often gets left off and it is, uh, it's a dirty little secret and it's really simple. Include status reporting with the task. Yeah. You, folks, you don't just assign the task. You also assign the reporting of the task's status inherently in the assignment, okay? Work status, whether or not something's done or how much of it is done relative to its end date, work status is best determined and communicated by the person who's doing the work. Look, we've done a whole cast with this guidance. I don't want to get in in too much detail here, reminding us yet again about the whole managerial economics 101. If a manager and a direct can both do something, it's always more effective to have the direct do it. Since the direct can report status as easily and actually more easily than the boss, and they can certainly report it more easily than the boss can go find out, it's more effective to have the direct report than the manager go out and query. We want to mention, though, a couple of highlights from that cast. That cast, God, it's got to be a couple of years ago now. Rather than assigning a task to somebody, such as writing code, or following up with a customer, or identify $1,000 in budget savings, for instance, or preparing a briefing for the offsite, you assign the reporting of the status of the work as part of the work itself. Now, look, there are several easy ways to do this. You can ask for a document with their work on it to be forwarded to you, right? That's one way that you would know the work has been done. The status of it is being communicated to you. You can tell them to send you what they've done by a certain time, as opposed to just doing it by a certain right. time, right? Don't just write the report. Send me the report. That Saying to somebody, send me a report by 2 o'clock is different than saying, write me a report by 2 o'clock because they may have it written by 2 o'clock, but they don't send it to you. You don't know that it's done, and then you have to go find it, which takes time at a higher expense rate than what they would take letting you know about what the status was that they were working on, okay? You can ask them to schedule time on both your calendars to brief you on the status of the work if you wanted to. You can ask to be notified that their status has been updated so that you can go look at it if it's web-based, for instance. So let's give, let's give four examples okay, of old way and new way of assigning work. Old way, please prepare an ops plan for the offsite by Friday. New way, manager tools way. Would you please prepare an ops plan and forward it to me by Friday at 2 p.m.? Old way of assigning work, find $13,000 in budget reductions better way to assign that work. Would you please send me your $13,000 budget reductions by Thursday noon? Old way, prepare industry landscape briefing for our client pitch. New way, would you please forward me the industry landscape slides by 10 a.m. Tuesday morning? Old way, finish the failure analyses by Tuesday. New ways, would you please brief me on the failure analyses by Tuesday at 3 p.m.? Now, look, reporting something isn't always necessary. A good example is assigning the task of getting some information to you. By definition, that task requires a communication to you as part of the job because you're the manager. If you were to ask someone to notify your boss of something by 2 p.m., that doesn't necessarily require them to let you know it's done. In that case, you'd ask, would you please let my boss know the status of everyone's budget proposals by 2 p.m. and let me know it's done by then as well? And look, folks, you think this sounds like a small change, but it works wonders. 
Next time you have a task, ask, how can I assign the work and ensure the reporting of the work gets done along with the work at the same time? How can I avoid not knowing our role status and having to go look for it? Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like a small change. It is a small change. Yeah, it is. But it really works well. Yeah, really well. Yeah. Um, okay. One more thing. We've talked about this uh, several times. We've we said before, never introduce managerial change without briefing your people on what you're doing. So when you install this new way of asking, tell your people in advance. Mm-hmm. If you're a premium content subscriber, you can actually give them these show notes, have them read them or the slides for the show and tell them, this is what I'm going to do in the future. When I come to you and say, would you please do X? I'm assigning a task to you and I'm going to assign the reporting of it and I'm going to have a deadline and it's going to be clear to you what I'm asking you to do. And I intend for us to engage on it a little bit. And yes, you can say no. If, you, if I didn't intend for you to say no, I wouldn't have asked you. So... Quick wrap up, right? Yeah. First thing we do is we ask, would you please do X, whatever it is. The next step two, we state the task. Then step three, we state the deadline. And then of course, remember to include the status reporting with the task. Look, we do this way too much not to do it as often as professional players yeah. do it every every year in spring training, right? We ought to be good at it. Being good at it, folks, means knowing that you'll be able to do it right every single time without even thinking about it. We want to go from conscious incompetence to unconscious competence. When you think about these basics every time, the details constantly changing doesn't scare you terribly much. Your delivery ought to be the same every time. And when you do that, you reduce your risks a great deal in terms of missing something in the communication. There's no sense in doing it your way, folks, if your risk goes up and the quality output goes down, and you never get better at it. Cool. Thanks, Mark. You bet, partner. All righty. We'll see you. Thanks, everyone. That's it for this topic. We'll see you again next week. Meantime, have a great one. So long.